guys, welcome into another episode of the Dynamic Dialogue Podcast. As always, I am your host, Danny Matranga. It's about 5 a.m. here in California. I tend to record in the mornings, not always this early, but this is when I had time to record today. Things have been a little crazy around here, particularly uh, as it's fantasy football season, and I'm about to release the new power building program, Power Build as well as some programming bundles on the website. Let's talk about the programs first because, again, I want to make sure that my podcast family gets the best treatment possible. So if you're someone who likes the podcast for the fitness, health-related information on it, same thing with my Instagram, you'll no doubt love my programs. Now, like I said, Power Build, my new power building program, is releasing on September 4th. That's the Friday going into Memorial day weekend or labor day weekend i should say so if you're listening to this on tuesday it's releasing in three days now here's the cool thing i'm giving my podcast fam an additional discount bigger than the already discounted price at launch so the discount's already going to be present at launch it's going to be discounted from 49.99 down to 37.99 and this is a 65 page long 12 week resistance training program that uses just dumbbells barbells and bands so if you're getting back to the gym it's a fantastic way to work on solidifying that oh so important foundational strength to really really hammer home some of those fundamental movement patterns and if you're somebody like myself who's working out from home but you only have so much equipment it's an amazing protocol for you to employ that will realistically fit in almost any home gym that has a barbell dumbbell kettlebells and bands which is what a lot of people have gotten a hold of you know six seven months into this coronavirus craziness so to save off the already discounted price for my podcast fam only enter the promo code dynamic when you check out on my website www.coachdannymatranga.com purchase the new power build program you'll save 15 percent additionally i am launching two program bundles those will both be on sale as well there's a for him bundle which includes foundations and power build and there's a for her bundle which includes female physique and power build Both of those programming bundles will last you 24 weeks of consistent programming, which means your next six months of training are locked and loaded. And again, the bundles are discounted from their original price, and you can use the code DYNAMIC to save an additional 15%. Thank you all for listening, and now we'll chat briefly about fantasy football before we talk about all things fitness. So, as many of you know, I love sports, specifically love football, and there's no better time, in my opinion, of the year than fantasy football draft season. I love drafting my fantasy team. I love making trades. I love talking smack to my league mates. It's a great time of the year, but it's also really stressful because fantasy football is effectively opportunity cost gambling. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But what it means is when you are selecting a player for your team, you're selecting the opportunity cost against the field. Meaning if I pick this player here, I'm not going to get some of the other players who are very good that are also available because by the time I pick again, they will be gone. 
So you end up making a decision based on who you like, but you also have to forego picking players who you might like almost as much, which makes it quite tricky. And it makes it really painful if one of those players that you were choosing between does better than the one you selected. That can really come back to bite you. But first and foremost, let's talk sleepers heading into your fantasy drafts. And guys, this isn't going to take too long. If you want to fast forward through this to the fitness stuff, go right ahead. But there are three players that I have been targeting in many of my drafts that I really, really like. The first is Cam Akers, rookie running back for the Los Angeles Rams. They traded Todd Gurley to the Falcons. Well, actually, they cut him, and then the Falcons signed him for $5 million. So the big boss is out of the backfield for the Los Angeles Rams. So we have a dynamic offense that has consistently been able to support high levels of running back production. We have high draft capital in Cam Akers. We have an injured Darrell Henderson going into the season and Malcolm Brown, who's also sharing the backfield, who's just simply not quite as dynamic. So we've got a young kid in a position to really explode. I could see RB2 upside, maybe even RB1 upside if he gets the full workload, which is very possible. And all he has to do is beat out Malcolm Brown and Darrell Henderson, who have done next to nothing in this offense. And they have the draft capital, and you can grab him in the sixth, seventh round of your draft. Another player who I love, who's going a lot higher in drafts, is Josh Jacobs, uh, running back for the Raiders. If you can grab him with your second round pick, I'm pretty confident that you'll be quite healthy. He was an RB1 almost the entire season until his injury. He gets a tremendous amount of volume on the ground, and I do see him getting more integrated into the passing game, given that the Raiders have primarily rookie pass-catching options right now, and Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. So being able to rely on veterans at this point like Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs on a really young offense is going to help the Raiders out a lot. Certainly they have other pass catching options out of the backfield, but I see Josh Jacobs getting close to his rushing totals from last year and maybe adding another 20 to 25 receptions, which puts him firmly in the RB2, RB1 territory. And he has elite talent on the ground. Only Josh, uh, only, sorry, Nick Chubb and Christian McCaffrey had higher pro football focus run grades. Now, my last player is Amari Cooper, who I've been targeting in the fourth round of my drafts. He finished the season injured, which really, really pulled away from how dominant he was early on, and he got the bag. He got a huge, huge contract from the Cowboys, locked and loaded wide receiver one in a dynamic offense with an improving quarterback that you can get in the fourth round. That's pretty hard to beat. So those are my three big names. Another thing you might want to consider is Leonard Fournette running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars was just cut. So I do recommend scooping up Chris Thompson later in drafts if you can, if you haven't drafted yet, or just grabbing him off your waiver wire because I'm sure he's there. So moving on to fitness, right about the seven minute mark. Isn't that wonderful? So like I said, Power Build is launching this week. It's a power building program. And one of the things I wanted to talk about is what exactly is power building, but more importantly, what are the elements of powerlifting and bodybuilding that are valuable that we should look to implement into our own training? So for anybody who's not familiar with power building, it's new and it's not new at the same time. So power building is essentially the goal or it's a program that's designed to help you get strong and also help you gain muscle simultaneously while not really trying to maximize the adaptation of either or meaning you're cool if you gain a little bit of muscle you're cool if you gain a little bit of strength 
you're not all in on the strength train, you're not all in on the muscle train, but you want to get a little bit of both. It's a really, really common goal for many novice lifters. It's something that for quite some time was the norm in the bodybuilding community. If you look back a long time ago into the quote-unquote golden era of bodybuilding, we had guys like Franco Colombo and even Arnold Schwarzenegger who were incredibly strong and focused on lifting quite heavy. Franco Colombo even maxed out very regularly and made powerlifting a tremendous piece of his bodybuilding programming. It's not to say that you can't build muscle in any rep range, but it is to say that, hey, there are some elements that are consistent with these styles of training that are specific to these styles of training that are uniquely beneficial. And so we want to try to get the best of both worlds at the same time, understanding that while we might not get as big as we want as fast as possible or as strong as we want as fast as possible, we'll get pretty big and pretty strong at the same time. And so power building has made a resurgence in recent years under that exact name. And it's been popularized by many, you know, males in the physique space who are quite strong and quite muscular and have put the moniker of quote unquote power building onto their training. And I actually quite like this approach because I do think for most people, simply striving to get more weight on the bar and get a little bit stronger should be step one in your muscle building goals, particularly for naturals. Uh, natural lifters seem to respond really well to just gaining strength over time. It's going to give you a more resilient physique. It's going to help you push more volume. Volume is correlated with hypertrophy to some extent. Being able to have more weight on the bar and do more repetitions with it will help you gain size. But having a foundation of strength is really, really important. So the first block of power building is all about traditional linear progression, basic strength training. It's nuts and bolts stuff with some hypertrophy things sprinkled into the back end. Where things get really interesting, and this is one of the elements of you know, strength and power training that I really like, is in the second block, we do a modified conjugate method, which is borrowed from Louis Simmons at Westside Barbell. And what's really cool about the conjugate method is it works within that force velocity curve, meaning we have different types of strength. We have speed strength and strength speed. We have power. We have maximal strength, right? And so basically what we're looking at when we talk about strength is to move the heaviest weight you can move, you need to move that weight pretty slowly. It's going to be a grind. That would be more of that maximal strength. To move a weight that you can control but with a high amount of velocity and force, that's more power. And that's something that we see on the athletic field that's often lacking in a traditional weight training program. And Louis Simmons has always implemented what he calls dynamic effort days, which involve higher velocity movements or movements that are done with the use of bands and chains to enhance different portions of the range of motion. Perhaps that means adding to the concentric so that we can, you know, maybe enhance some of the explosiveness that we garner from training. So that second block is actually conjugate. And that's why it's a true power building program. It's not just a strength program and a hypertrophy program. There truly are elements of legitimate power training built into it to help you enhance your explosiveness and your power. And then it finishes with a hypertrophy block. And while you can get hypertrophy in effectively any repetition range, I find that after two relatively high intensity, lower uh, rep range uh, blocks, like the first and second block of this program, I'm down for a little bit of a higher volume, lower load block. And that's exactly what this third block is. And it even gives you specialization opportunities where you can select the muscle groups that you want to train 
and actively apply yourself to those muscle groups on the fifth day. So the first two blocks are four days. The last day is four day, last block is four days with an optional fifth block or fifth day, I should say, that you can train any muscle group you want using one of six specialization sessions for arms, shoulders, glutes, chest, back, glutes, and hams, and quads. So that's that. I don't want to beat a dead horse. I don't want to oversell it to you. If you're looking for a program you can do with minimal equipment, if you're looking for something to really jumpstart your return to the gym, or just give you direction, a lot of people have reached out and said, hey man, I feel lost. I don't have direction. Like I was in a rhythm and and, and I just can't get back into it after COVID. Look, I'm there with you. I've, I've done the same thing. I've struggled myself to find direction with my training. That's actually how this program was born. It was born out of me being in my garage with just some barbells, plates, dumbbells, and bands. And I put a protocol just like this into place for a couple months and I was loving the results, getting leaner, getting stronger, building muscle. I was thrilled. And I said, you know, what makes sense to me is to bring these simple, effective protocols to the peeps, to my homies, to create a protocol program that uses these tools in an easy to follow way and also understanding that a lot of you guys were crushing, got a little bit derailed, fell off the rails and you're just struggling to get back into a rhythm. And so I wanted to launch a program tastefully when I thought that a lot of gyms were open or after I felt like people were getting the things that they needed, they gave them the opportunity to really get back on track in an effective way. And this program does just that. And, and decision fatigue is real. So if you're somebody who has been kind of going through the motions the last couple months, you're trying to get back in a rhythm, you're just not quite there yet, you really want to make a change and, and get back to where you were before COVID, sometimes getting on a program can do just that. It gives you direction, eliminates decision fatigue. You're not wondering what I do next. You spend no energy doing that. You just show up and execute. And that can be really, really nice in a world where decision fatigue is running rampant. And so the bundles are there too, guys. Remember, use the code DYNAMIC when you check out at the website. The link to the programs will be in the podcast that drops after this. This is going to drop on Tuesday, so you guys will hear it on Tuesday, and we'll have one more episode released Friday morning, which is when the programs launch at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Friday, the 4th of September, which again is going to be a sale that runs all Labor Day weekend, so no need to wake up at 5 a.m. But if you're looking to really take your training to the next level, this is something that I would do. Hey guys, just wanted to take a quick second to say thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And if you're finding value, it would mean the world to me if you would share it on your social media. Simply screenshot whatever platform you're listening to and share the episode to your Instagram story or share it to Facebook. But be sure to tag me so I can say thanks and we can chat it up about what you liked and how I can continue to improve. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast and enjoy the rest of the episode. I want to talk a little bit about how fantasy football and, believe it or not, nutrition are somewhat similar. And it's going to revolve around a simple facet of the fantasy football game known as picking your sleepers. And so picking your sleepers refers to picking guys at the very end of your draft that nobody else has heard of or nobody else knows about that can maybe blow up and be tremendous players for your team down the road. And effectively what you're doing there is you're grabbing some really low-hanging fruit for basically free. And I have a few sleepers that I like to deploy in the nutrition space. They're very much habit-based that I really, really like and I think are really, really effective. 
And they're just cool things that for you coaches, hobbyists, enthusiasts out there, you can really do this and just sprinkle these routines in these small little things and, and actually see some pretty cool responses from your body. Perhaps you'll be more full. You'll, you'll hear the sleepers. They're all a little bit different, but they're cool things you can implement and get a high degree of return off. Let's just put it like that. Let's call it like it is. So the first is including things like sliced Brussels sprouts and broccoli into your salad. Um, so when we traditionally eat salad, it's going to be leafy greens. Sometimes people will slice tomatoes, maybe even peppers, maybe even onions, maybe even things like cucumbers and tomatoes. But very rarely do we work in some of the most fibrous, most nutrient-dense vegetables like broccoli and Brussels sprouts. However, you can actually buy shredded Brussels sprouts and broccoli slaw at almost every grocery store. Shredded Brussels sprouts are exactly what they sound like. They're Brussels sprouts that have been shredded and sliced very, very thinly. Uh, and broccoli slaw is essentially just coleslaw-esque, like little baby mini fries, french fry looking strips of broccoli that you can toss right into your salad and it adds an amazing crunch it really ups the fiber and ups the nutrient density substantially and you can again mix it in with things like mixed greens spinach uh, spring mix all kinds of stuff and it really doesn't modify the flavor it adds a crunch to it that I actually quite enjoy a lot of people will put things like nuts on a salad which I like nuts pause. I think they're quite nutritious. The crunch is really what we're going for when we add them to a salad, right? But you can replicate that with these, uh, this broccoli slaw and with sliced Brussels. And so it's an amazing way to sneak in two vegetables that a lot of people won't eat any other way. I've worked with people for quite some time, and I still find that one of the most palatable ways to get them to eat their vegetables is to make a nice salad every day. Uh, I am somebody who admittedly is not going to sit down and be like, ooh, this is the best ratatouille of my life. Like, I don't eat a bunch of vegetables. I don't eat a bunch of vegetable dishes. However, I understand that including vegetables into my diet is really important, and I like to get a lot of variety. And just eating a salad with spring mix all the time, well, you might get a lot of nitrate-high, leafy, fibrous greens that have quite a bit of nutrition and antioxidants, you might be missing out on some of the benefits of other vegetables. And one of the beautiful things about Brussels sprouts and broccoli is if you buy them the way I just described, you can add them to a salad, and all of a sudden your salad went from maybe being just spinach to being spinach, broccoli, and Brussels sprouts, which is a really, really amazingly nutritious combo that you can, again, deploy for almost nothing. Another silly one that I've been doing for years is keeping protein powder in the car. Hear me out. It sounds crazy, but it really, really is a helpful tool. And if you never use it, that's kind of the goal. So what I like to do is keep a little bit of protein. I keep about three scoops in a Ziploc bag inside of a Tupperware in my car. And the reason I do that is for the off chance that I might be on the road knowing that I need protein maybe my calories are limited, maybe I don't want fast food, maybe I don't want to stop at a gas station and get a bunch of jerky, there's always options, right? But if I'm on the road, my options are limited, or I know that I'm, you know, going to be hanging out later with people who might want to eat quite heavily, having a protein shake 
at your disposal is a really valuable tool. What it gives you the opportunity to do is get quick protein into your system. And oftentimes, we never have it when we need it. So keeping it in our car when we're going from place to place kind of circumvents the likelihood that we'll be like, oh, shucks, I don't have it. No, it's always in the car. And what this really looks like in practice for me is quite simple. It's not like, oh, time to have my daily protein shake out of the car. It's never like that. It might be a situation where, say, I'm filming YouTube and it's very, very early in the morning and I haven't eaten anything and I'm getting hungry, but we're going to go to lunch in an hour and I don't want to go to Starbucks and get something. I run out to the car, I grab it, I can make a shake. Usually use one scoop that's in that bag. That's why I put a couple in there just in case. Maybe I said, like I said, I'm going out to eat with friends. We're going out to a restaurant. Everything's really, really high calorie. Maybe it's a situation where I just don't feel like eating something that high calorie and I want to order something lighter but still be full. So I have a shake about an hour before we leave. Maybe it's that crappy situation where you forget your lunch at home. I am the king of this. If you're going to and from the studio or you're going to and from the gym or you're training or you're going to and from the office and you just head out early in the morning, maybe you're going to the gym, all intensive, all your intentions are aligned, but oh shit, you forgot your lunch. That can really throw you off. Having a protein shake in the car at least gives you something to have after your workout and you can figure the rest out later. But it puts you in a position to be successful or at least minimize damage simply by having something available. The reason I recommend a powder is one of the things I did originally was put protein bars in my glove box. But, you know, cars like mine that have black leather interior tend to get quite hot, and then you end up with melted protein bar all over your car registration, which is a really tough sell when you're being pulled over. So I don't recommend protein bars. I would instead, if you wanted to do a whole foods, quote unquote, or a food-based protein snack, do something like jerky or maybe even have some nuts but just keep something on hand. I'm telling you, that low-hanging fruit, these sleepers, these things that people don't even think about, man. So easy. I just wish more people would do this type of stuff because the easier things are to execute, the number of things that you can put in to kind of act as fail-safes, to act as escape valves, to help yourself out through this, the better you'll do with your fitness. I'm telling you, these types of things, these sleepers, you're going to know what they are for you. We all have some that are unique to us, but if we can learn some from other people, people like myself, people who've got experience with this stuff, it's really, really valuable. And the more robust your fail-saves and escape valves are, the better you will do, the more freedom that you have. So having these things in place is a really, really valuable tool. Another sleeper that I have is actually pertaining specifically to travel. And I talked about it on another podcast before. And it's the deployment of something called a protein sparing modified fast. If you're going to be traveling and you're going to be in a situation where you want to enjoy all of the foods, but maybe you do what most people do where you sleep in when you travel, your days take a little bit longer to get going when you travel. Maybe you start your day with a protein shake so that you get an adequate amount of protein. But then you just spend the rest of the day doing a modified fast and you eat a monstrous lunch and dinner and enjoy the beauty of enjoying foods while on vacation and have a little bit less guilt. Um, one of the things I've noticed no matter where I go, nine times out of ten, if food is something that, if there is a food in that region 
that is particularly popular, there's something that I really want to try, there's something that I really want to enjoy, it's rarely breakfast. It's almost always a lunch or dinner entree or, or those types of foods. And so one of the things that I've learned to do and I've done with tremendous success with my clients is actually having them do a protein sparing modified fast where they have a light protein breakfast, they don't eat again until lunch, they have a late lunch and they have a late dinner, but they don't even bother worrying about what they eat for lunch and dinner because, again, they're on vacation. But they manage some of that by simply front-loading protein and not eating a lot in the earlier hours of the day. So they get a little bit of protein for satiety, for muscle uh, repair, and, of course, protein-sparing effects. But also, they just get the opportunity to enjoy their day um, unencumbered by the guilt of knowing I had a monster breakfast, I'm going to have a monster lunch, I'm going to have a monster dinner. I notice a lot of people struggle with that on vacation. They can't enjoy themselves. What's the point of being fit if you can't enjoy yourself? But doing this helps you maintain a a potentially more favorable caloric environment for some of the more neurotic people out there uh, and enjoy the shit out of lunch and dinner. And so those are three sleepers, guys, that I think work really, really well that you can try anytime you're in a situation you can kind of safeguard yourself and then again, the broccoli sprouts and Brussels sprouts are things that you can do on a literal daily basis. So that does it, guys. Again, thank you so much for listening. Very early here in California. Wanted to hop on and say hello. But Power Build drops on Friday at 5 a.m. PST on the website. The For Her and For Him bundle drop as well. They're going to be discounted. And again, you guys get additional savings by putting in the promo code DYNAMIC at checkout. Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. You guys are all awesome. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. And I'll chat with you guys on Friday. Bye.